Ronald Acuna Jr. is slated to become the first 40-70 player ever in MLB history, and Garrett Cole has another outstanding year to finish as the SP1. Join us today where we talk about 2023 MVPs on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we are your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. If you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings and reviews, we would truly appreciate if you do that for us. And also, real quick, I'm throwing in there, if you do do that, five-star rating on Apple or Spotify, you get a chance to join our listener league for next year. All you got to do, take a screenshot of your five-star review and email it to us at fantasymds at gmail.com. We'll be picking one lucky winner to join us in our listener league for next year. But also, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel. also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And lastly, but most importantly, join us on the Diamond Club on the Subtext website. Through Subtext, it's a one-on-one in-depth personalized experience. You get updates right to your phone. I know it's the end of the year, but hey, you know what? Maybe you're in that last week. You know, you need a little bit of championship help. Join us on Subtext free 14 days. So you know what? You're not even have to put anything into it and you get, you know, some um, advice to win a lockdown fantasy baseball championship. But guys, you know, um, as always, we have a fully loaded episode for you today and let us be your team secret weapon as we talk about the best fantasy baseball players in 2023. And Matt, there's there's really only one guy you start this conversation off with. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, before we talk about, you know, the MVP, future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, <laughs> um, I want to also mention that, um, you know, you want to stick around with us. Don't miss out, even if the season's over. Uh, we're we're going to be doing a lot of off-season stuff. This is the way you keep it fresh. We're going three days a week, uh, starting in November. We're still five days a week. We'll be doing a lot of team reviews, going over real baseball if you just want to you know, hear real baseball talk after this week. That's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be a good time. I have some cool guests coming on in the off season. Um, we'll see. Uh, our friend Asher Roth is going to come in and talk some giants at some point. So it's going to be a good time. Keep with us, but uh, let's go. Um, let's talk about Mr. Ronald Acuna. Um, Ronald Acuna here. He is uh, obviously the best player in all of baseball this year without a question, without a doubt, probably, a season that I kind of thought was possible, but not to this extreme. Like this is probably the best fantasy performance I've seen in a very long time. Like, I mean, to not only not just compete in every single category as probably a top five in each category. Um, He just legitimately won you stolen bases this year with 68 stolen bases. He pretty much won you runs with 143 runs. If you played in doubles, a a league that had doubles and triples, my guy had 34 doubles this year. 101 ribs. His OPS was a one. Like, what? Like, 
unprecedented numbers. I'm drooling looking at this. And played a full season at 625 at-bats. There's still a week to go. Two more stolen bases, and he literally makes history. Like, this is going to go down as one of the best uh, season in all of baseball in 100 and some odd years. Ronald Acuna literally is going to be talked about forever. He is surplanted in baseball history forever. This is the best fantasy outing, and I don't think this is the end. I don't think it'll be this extreme for next year, but I could easily just mark him in for 40-40 next year. Like, there's no question. I could easily mark him in for 295 to 305 batting average. I could easily mark him in for 100-100. Like, there's no way he's not doing any of that. Like, Ronald Acuna, number one pick next year, going to be the MVP this year. Ronald Acuna, best player in baseball. Yeah, Matt, great, great take. I really don't have too much to add besides the plate discipline for Acuna this year was absolutely outrageous. 78 walks to 81 strikeouts. He's almost one for one in that. And just you couldn't you couldn't have asked for anything more if you if you took Acuna as your first overall pick. Uh, I know he led me to a fantasy baseball championship this year. I'm I'm super happy I was able to get him. He was coming off the board as the third overall pick last year um, behind Trey Turner and Aaron Judge. As Matt said, he's easily the number one pick next year. And just I got to throw some blasphemy ESPN's way. ESPN had him ranked as number 16 overall player coming into the year. Uh, that's absolute garbage ranking. I had him as a, as a top five overall player. And, I mean, just shout-out to Ronald Acuna for doing it. You know, hopefully he gets those two last deals. I think it's kind of like he's obviously going to get them at this point to get to 40-70. First player to ever go 40-70. First player to ever go 40-60. I think you guys can correct me on this one. I think he's the first player to ever go 40-50 as well. So, shout-out to Ronald Acuna. Fantastic year for him. And, um, yeah, number one overall pick next year. Let's move on to a couple of sophomores here that just have had, you know, monster years. No sophomore slump for them. Julio Rodriguez is up first. Uh, the 22-year-old the had a monster season, which still isn't over yet. Started off very slow. I, I'm starting to think, you know, something maybe with Julio where he's just a slow starter. But through 148 games, 630 at-bats, he has 100 runs, 37 doubles, two triples, 31 homers, 100 RBIs, 36 steals. Play discipline, something he needs to work on in the offseason. I mean, he's still hitting 284, uh, but 45 walks to 165 strikeouts. I don't like that number. But the 22-year-old, you know, um, second all-star campaign, I think Julio is a consensus first-round pick, probably a top five to seven pick for Julio next year. Just monster year for the kid, and I'm just happy he did not have a sophomore slump. Fantastic year for Julio. Yeah, I mean, we all all probably were shaking our boots after drafting Julio in the first, like, three months he had of baseball. But, I mean, this happens sometimes. But Julio Rodriguez was, you know, pretty much just was down in the home runs to start, and the average just was not really there. But he was, you know, productive. He just wasn't worth that, you know, top 10 pick that we were all drafting him with. But Julio still was a fantastic option at Fantasy. But as the season went on, he thrusted you into the championship, most likely, especially if you traded low, you bought low and you oh, did yeah. what he told you to do. So Julio Rodriguez, fantastic. I trust him next year. You know, I kind of trust him this year, but I did say I wanted to see it one more time. Julio Rod- Rodriguez is now surplanted as the number one bat. I mean, not number one bat. The One of the guys I trust that 
we're going to go right after Acuna, and I wouldn't even be mad at you. There's a few guys I'd probably debate you, but Julio Rodriguez, honestly, is one of the guys you're going to you're going to feel very comfortable walking away with and probably a top five pick in my opinion. But before we move on, we talk about another sophomore, a guy that just keeps on doing it, and a rookie who's probably going to win the rookie of the year. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreaches is a waste of time for both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when the seller is are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insight. These deeper insight empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales. And we've built the first deep sales platform with a next generation of LinkedIn sales navigators. Right now, you could try LinkedIn sales navigator and get 60 days free trial on linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com for 60 days uh, slash locked on for 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on to get started today. And quite honestly, if you're in a sales uh, sales enterprise, you're going to want to check them out. It actually is really helpful. I use it daily. So check out LinkedIn Sales. Dear Everydayers and new listeners, we have an incredible opportunity for you to support the show and enjoy fantastic perks along the way. Introducing the Diamond Club on Subtext. By becoming a member, you can contribute not only contribute to the show's success, but gain access to exclusive benefits. Get your hands on waiver wire rankings, call-up alerts, injury alerts, instant reactions, and enjoy direct access, access to us for all those burning, burning fantasy baseball questions. Plus, you can try it out completely free for 14 days. Your support means the world to us, and we can't wait to connect with you on this exciting journey. Join the Diamond Club on Subtext today. And let's take the fantasy, your fantasy baseball experience to new heights. And I swear to God, I didn't drink before this episode, even though I'm slurring all my words. You, and, you killed the LinkedIn read. I mean, that was fantastic. <laughs> thank you. Um, but real quick, guys, too, um, to add to this, because we haven't updated this yet, because we're still in season for, for some people, um, you're going to want to stick around. I'm actually just started working on my rankings. Dom's are probably about three quarters away because he's a He's a you know an addict for. I'm getting there, I'm getting yeah. there. So our rankings are going to probably be out by November, and bus lists and sleeper lists, stash candidates, guys to keep an eye on, prospect rankings. These are things that you're only going to be able to get this year in our subtext. Uh, the website just isn't doing it for us. It's not as easy to post things. So we're going to do it in subtext this year, and you're going to be able to, you know, go ahead and and get this weekly and get it sent right to your phone. And it's going to be awesome. And on top of that, you can also ask us to grade your draft at the end of the year. So quite honestly, you're going to want to get your hands on the subtext and stay in and lock on in all off season long. All right. Dom, that was a lot. Yeah. Fantastic job, by the way, Matt, you did, you did excellent there. <laughs> but you. um, 
Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I was going to do – oh, no, yeah, let me do it. Let's keep them together. Let's keep the sophomores together. Let's keep Bobby Witt and Julio together. Let's talk about Bobby Witt for a little bit. Matt, I'll leave you most of the heavy lifting here, Bobby. Thank you. Just a fan- fantastic year with, with Bobby, and he was coming off the board as the 17th overall player, which wound up being an absolute steal because Bobby Witt, you know, outperformed his rookie stats by a good margin. 152 games for Witt this year, 619 at-bats. 92 runs, 28 doubles, nine triples. The speed is just super legit on Bobby Witt. One of the fastest players in all of the MLB. 29 homers, 93 RBIs, 48 steals. Uh, once again, plate discipline needs a little bit of work for next year. You know, 37 walks to 119 strikeouts. But you know what? That, that didn't affect his batting average. So at the end of the day, it's not the worst thing ever. 275 batting average. Love what Bobby Witt's done. He looks fantastic. Uh, I will say this. The, the the counting stats could be even better next year. I think this Royals team is due for a step in the right direction, at least as far as the bats go. You had Michael Garcia breakout year. Uh, MJ Melendez played a lot better in the second half. Uh, this kid Nelson Velasquez looks like he's got a lot of power. Michael Massey, decent year. Uh, let's see what Nick Prado and Kyle Isabel can do. And our boy, Vinny Pasquantino, the Italian breakfast. Mark my words, and I know Matt agrees with me. He will be back next year. And the year we thought he was going to have this year happens next year. Mark my words. But, Matt, hop on in. I know this is your boy, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. here. Thank you, sir. Uh, Bobby Witt had a really – I kind of call this, but I kind of was more on, like, the you know the cautious side because, you know, it's still sophomore year. And if you looked at his beginning of the season numbers, it really wasn't attractive either, like Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Bobby Witt got off to a slow start, and it just really wasn't fun to be an owner to start the year off. Uh, just it, it is what it is. It comes with the territory, right, of just these sophomore players and just players in general. Some guys are just slow starters. Or you could just be Adrian Gonzalez, where you just have the hottest April of your life, get half your stats for the whole season, and then you die for the rest of the season. It's just it's a you could tell I've been burned by him a billion times. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, Bobby Witt just started off slow, but he did get fa- started much faster than Julio. You know, in April, I mean, in April and May, he had about like a 234 and a 222 batting average. Home runs were there. He had 10 home runs between those two months, and the ribbies and stolen bases were there. That all was great, but the batting average was just atrocious, you know. But then once June started rolling around, this is the pick. This is what you draft him to be 280, 327, 324, 268. And it's funny, too, because it's kind of the trend, too, of last year, but I kind of chalked it up to, you know, hey, he was a rookie. He needed to adjust, but he kind of actually started getting better the second June hit again. So in 2022, 20, uh, he had a 216 batting average of 243. Then he had 263, 294, um, two, 238 in August, but then again, 264. Bobby Witt, I think, is just a little bit of slow weather. He, you know, wants to deal with the warmer weather. It's a little extra cold in Kansas City, too. So, you know, takes you a little bit longer to warm up you know but hey at least the power numbers at least he's going to produce so like bobby witt i think is 100 a top 12 pick next year uh third base fully agree uh you know third base eligibility shortstop eligibility that is just a plus right there especially as third base it's really all i'm going to draft him for in all honesty I have him uh, as number one third baseman and i have him third at shortstop which will probably move up to that, that top three is so tough for me at shortstop next year, but Bobby Wood could be the number one shortstop too. Yeah, there's no reason he couldn't be. I think I'm just – honestly, I'll just have Fernando Tatis above him, but that's just a whole other argument. Yeah, but, that's so close for me, man. Yeah, because, I mean, they're essentially the same player. But Pretty much. 
So the way I look at this is, is Bobby Witt is just going to explode next year. I'm super excited for this. Um, I could draft him with confidence. And if he could just put it together for the whole season, we could see an Acuna season. Like, I, I swear to you, we can. Like, he has it in him just as much. Maybe not the 40 bombs, but I, I'll tell you what. What do you do, 29 home runs this year? And yeah, he, he can had, go 35 easily. Maybe 40 if he gets the muscle, you know, if he puts it all together. Yeah, I mean, he had 48 stolen bases in his second year. And what, 29, 29 home runs? He's six foot one, 200 pounds. Like, I mean, Here's what? Another 10 pounds on him, which wouldn't even be a lot for a six foot one dude. That muscle, there you go. You're done. He's hitting 40. He, he is electric. We could be talking about him as a top five pick going into 2025. Like, Bobby Witt is incredible. All right. I think top five is even an option. This I'm not mad at you if you take Bobby Witt in the top five this year, upcoming 2024. But you're right. Let, let's uh, let's keep things moving, though. We'll yeah. talk about Bobby Witt all day. <laughs> Probably again. All these names are exciting. All right. Let's talk about Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, great season. But you know what? He is somebody that I would say, hey, if you're going to draft him over the Julios, over the Bobby Witts, uh, over the Corbin Carrolls, right? I won't blame you. You want to know why? Because he's Mr. Consistent, right? Mookie Betts has done it for forever at this point. Like, he, you know you're going to draft him. You know he's going to be awesome. And you know that you're not going to have a bust of a pick in the first round. Now, yeah, he's getting a little up there. What is he, 32, if I'm not mistaken? He might have turned 31 this year. Let me double check. Right. Um, he's still 30. He's uh, okay. 31 in October. I apologize, Mookie. Oh, he's right there. All right. So he'll have his 31 season this year. It's going to be great. Again, he's going to do his Mr. Incredible. The Dodgers lineup is better. Last year, funny enough, was a down year, and his stats were still incredible. And by down year, it was really just his batting average and ribbies. This year, he made up for it by hand over fist. I mean, 125 runs, 39 bombs, 105 ribs, 13 stolen bases, 309. Now, the only thing about Mookie Betts is that speed has now gone away. He doesn't run as much, but he doesn't need to. So... I can understand another reason why you wouldn't pick him. You wouldn't pick him, uh, pick him over guys like Julio, Bobby Witt, Corbin Carroll, and he might slide a little bit more down. But if you want somebody that's not going to bust for you in that first round, Mookie Betts is that guy. I'll tell you this, Matt. If, if I don't get the first pick in league, like redraft leagues next year, I I, I want like last pick because then you get two in a row. It's just going to be so hard to dictate in the middle who who do you want because you look at Mookie Betts' season, monster year, and all the other guys that you've mentioned, guys that we're going to talk about, just all monster season. So it's kind of just going to be not really much to decipher who you want over who unless you want to take the youth and or you want to trust the consistent guys. It's just going to be a lot for me. I think you read off all of Mookie's stats. You know, the plate discipline is another thing I want to talk about here, though. Really improved his plate discipline, kind of looking like vintage Mookie Betts where – 92 walks to 105 strikeouts. That's really helping you in points league. Also, 40 doubles for this year and last year for Mookie Betts. Going to help you out a lot of points leagues, a 309 batting average. And he gets second and shortstop eligibility on top of outfield for Mookie. So that's just, you know, absolutely fantastic for, for Mookie Betts. I think he's easily a top five pick. Here. But uh, before we move on here and we talk about um, Corbin Carroll and we get into starting pitchers, and we talk about some of the best starting pitchers from this season, I just need to talk to you about one of our sponsors real quick. 
and that sponsor is Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medicals offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping to have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is very simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. Once again, that's J-A-S-E medical.com and use the promo code locked on to save $20 off at checkout. All right, let's move on here, folks. Let's talk about Corbin Carroll. We've kind of been teasing him this whole episode here, and Corbin Carroll kind of has that breakout season that pretty much everybody predicted. Uh, just just great season for the young kid. Uh, 541 at-bats, 111 runs, 25 homers, 73 RBIs, 50 stolen bases in his rookie year and a 285 batting average. There's a reason the kid was number one overall prospect coming into the year and for most of last year. I think that Diamondbacks team is only going to be better next year than they were this year. A lot, a lot of good, um, you know, bats in that lineup. Uh, Christian Walker, uh, Jake McCarthy, if the guy can ever pull it together for a full season. Cattell Marte had a big year. They picked up Tommy Pham. Um, you know, maybe guys like Alec Thomas gets going next year. Gabriel Moreno, who we've talked about a lot on this episode. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo was an all-star this year. So we'll see where that goes. But, you know, Corbin Carroll's the anchor for that team for 10, 15 more years at 22 years old. I think the sky is the limit for him. 28 doubles this year, nine, um, nine triples. The plate discipline probably needs a little work, in my opinion, for those points leagues where you get ticked for strikeouts. But, you know, what? it wasn't absolutely horrible. But Corbin Carroll, another guy. For, I think he's a first-round pick next year, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be, you know, tough deciphering who you want. And like I said, that, like, I would say from pick two to pick ten, going to be some of the toughest, toughest decisions we've seen in the last few years as far as fantasy baseball goes. But I love Corbin Carroll. Uh, big, big, big year for him this year. Yeah. I mean, I love Corbin Carroll. He really showed up. He showed out. Like, I mean, there's no way to say, like, hey, he's not a first-round pick. But I'm going to be on the conservative aspect of it, and I'm probably going to roll with him at the end. I'm not drafting him in the top seven, eight, nine picks. Only because, like, first pick, you want one of, you want two things. Obviously, you want highest upside humanly possible. Yes, that's Corbin Carroll. Check. But here's the other part. You want an unbustable pick. What if there's a sophomore slump? What if he doesn't perform the whole year? This is something that scares me for Corbin Carroll. Now, yes. Jordan Lawler should be in the lineup full-time next year and get a groove going. Yeah, Yeah, and and add to the ribbies category along with everybody else you named. And things could go right, and he could get 100 and 100. And you know what? I can't even say I'm wrong. He could finish as the number one baseball player uh, for fantasy baseball next year. But I'm still just going to say, hey, I'm going to take the conservative approach and just put him down at the lower end of that because there's so many names at the top that have done it for at least two seasons now that are primed and I know what I'm going to get at the top. Whereas Corbin Carroll still has that cloud of sophomore slump is possible. So again, 
you know, not burying the kid. I mean, going to take him 12. Why? You know, that's not burying the kid. It's just me hedging my bet on the conservative side because my first pick needs to be locked and loaded and fully guaranteed. But yeah, I think real real quick, Matt, vibing off what you said, I love the point where if you can get Corbin Carroll, like if you're in a 12-man league, you get Corbin Carroll at 12, and then you have back-to-back picks you with Corbin Carroll like Matt Olson. Oh, yeah, you're that's great. That's a great combo right there. You do something like that because then, you, you know, you're going to get a guy that's going to hit 40-plus homers on a great team, and you pair him with a Corbin Carroll, and Olsen's going to make up for the lack of RBIs. Uh, and, um, well, Olsen, yeah, like I said, Olsen's going to make up for the lack of RBIs and homers that Carroll will give you, and then Carroll, you know, helps you in the batting average and runs department where Matt Olsen is still going to be decent anyway. Yeah. Great, great spin off me. All right, let's start talking pitchers. Um, let's talk about Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, we don't really need to say much about the, the dude just was monstrous and lights out this year. Um, you know, I mean, here's the thing though. Who really didn't see it coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we the only thing we probably could say is like after last year after last year of having a mid three ZRA, wasn't sure exact. I mean, uh yeah, mid three ZRA. I didn't think he was gonna be sub three. I'll tell you that, like, that was the only thing that probably was like, okay, that was surprising. That was a nice surprise, but innings are the exact same. Strikeouts were actually down from last year, 257 to 217, but the whip was better. And the FIP, he was a little bit out of outperforming fielding independent pitching. If, if you know what that is, it was a three, two, one versus his two, seven, five ERA. So he's pitching a little bit above board, but that's to say, though, honestly, Yankees really weren't that great this year. So he was pretty much just the show. And wins were down this year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Well, oh, not no, last no. year, but. Yeah, but wins would be down from any normal Yankee team that he's had over the last couple of years. So it is what it is. But still, 14, I'll take it. Next year, if the Yankees get the Martian back, we start Volpe maybe takes a step forward. If. Other players on that team can show up. The Yankees could be better and get him more wins. Do I see that? No, but we'll see. Um, Garrett Cole is still going to probably be the number one, number two pitcher next year for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how he's not the number one overall pitcher going into next year. I mean, you could put Spencer Strider's name in there. Actually, somebody who didn't make today's episode just because the ERA has been so bad and he's really been bad down the stretch to end the season. But, Matt, great take on Garrett Cole. The only thing I do want to point out with Cole is that he gave up 33 home runs last year, and that was like a league-leading 33 home runs. And he only gave up 20 this year. I think that's a big part of his success. And if he can carry that, you know, over. As my brother Matt says, and it's one of his sayings that I absolutely love, you know, pitching becomes like a chess match as you get older. Uh, so, you know, you don't need to have that 99-mile-an-hour fastball anymore. You start to learn how to control your pitches better and where to put them. And I think that's how Garrett Cole's going to, you know, finish his career. I think he's going to have that Verlander-esque, you know, type of ordeal here. So um, I, I like Garrett Cole's number one SP next year, and I'm not going to blame you if you do take him. Let's keep things pushing, uh, you know, here and talk about another starting pitcher. Let's talk about Blake Snell, somebody who we've actually talked about a decent amount this year. And the guy, he was a league winner, honestly. If you, if you drafted Blake Snell, you probably did – pretty good in your league because you probably had him as your sp3 i want to say i'm checking where he went off the board as far as adp went and he went oh yeah off the board as the 32nd starting pitcher overall he was 
sub pitch 100. He was at pick 110, which is, you know, crazy when you think about it. You know, Blake Snell finished the year last year very monstrous, and he just really needed to figure out his pitch mix. Uh, the changeup gave him some problems last year. I know he's still thrown it a little bit this year, but not as heavily as he did at the beginning of last year. And we all know Blake Snell's upside. He won the Cy Young back in 2018. Uh, he very well could win himself another Cy Young this year. I think he really wrapped it up with his way his last few starts when he's pitching today, um, which is uh, Monday. As you guys are listening to it, it's Tuesday. Maybe he had a good, another good start against San Fran. I don't see why he wouldn't have. On the year, Blake Snell, 14 wins, 9 losses, 2-3-3 ERA, 31 starts, 174 innings, 227 strikeouts, and the whip is down to a 1-1-9 now. I know it was over 1-2 for most of the year. He's got it down to a 1-1-9 because his last few starts have been phenomenal. And I this is a, such a cool stat. If I can pull this up real quick, he's given up less than three earned runs. And let's see how many of his... Yeah, from since June 5th, which spans across 20 starts. So Blake Snell's last 20 starts to end the year, he gave up less than three earned runs in all of them, uh, 1-3 ERA across that time, and a 152 batting average against. Love Blake Snell. I think he's a top 10 starting pitcher going into next year. Oh, absolutely. I love Blake Snell. You want to hear a funny stat, though, Dom? Go ahead. He threw his change his changeup 117 times last year. He threw it this year, 500 and change. Did he really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I guess whatever he was doing wrong. And I'm looking at his Savant page. There's yeah, nothing, yeah on it, I guess. There's nothing that blows, blows, blows me away on paper, right? So there's nothing really impressive about the change in spin rate or anything of the sort of that. Or even velocity, it actually dropped down a tick, like one mile per hour. So Blake Snell figured it out. And I think it, it's now to stay. So Blake Snell is going to be a top five pitcher for me. All right, I think we have time to sneak in one one more guy. And let's talk about him, Luis Castillo. Um, honestly, like kid was good. Like he was he's good. He's been good, right? He had a phenomenal 2022 campaign, but I didn't think he was gonna be this good rolling going into this year. Um, my guy had 188 innings in comparison to 150 last year. You know, 30 more 38 more innings. I didn't expect to do that. Also, on top of that, 207 which is just bananas for him. 207 strikeouts, 14 wins and a 306 ERA with a 105 whip. Luis Castillo, honestly, if you drafted him, got him where he was going in most drafts, which was, I think, like the fourth or fifth round, if I'm not mistaken, you got to steal. You got a pitcher one as your pitcher two. Uh, Luis Castillo was a steal this year, and he probably got you there in most categories. Yeah, Matt, great take on Castillo. I'm trying to see exactly where he was coming off the board. Why can't I find his name here? Uh, Was it lower than this? No way. All right, well, he was going off the board, as Matt said. You probably got him as your SP2, maybe SP3 if you were lucky. Castillo, great year. Love him in Seattle. Uh, I think he's going to be a great pitcher for years to come. I'm going to try and uh, just not, I'm not going to sneak these names in, but I'm going to give honorable mentions to uh, Clayton Kershaw and Zach Eflin. Both had monster years. We we planned on talking about them a little bit more, but we unfortunately are out of time. So that's all for today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And thank you for making Locked on Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Be sure to look out for a new episode tomorrow. But until then, folks, see you. Peace.